Glory to God. Glory to God. How's everybody doing today? Man, was worship good or what? Come on, do you know that we have the victory in Jesus' name? Do you know that Jesus won the battle for us? He said, it is finished. The victory is won. It is over. You do not need to fight in this battle. Stand still and see the salvation of your God. How many of us are fighting a battle here today? How many of us, anybody? Anybody fighting a battle? I mean, I think we all fight a battle every day, right? I mean, I don't know if you're here and you're breathing and you're telling me that you're not fighting a battle. I'm going to come over there and check your pulse because we all fight battles. They're different. But here's, here's the great news, guys, is that no matter what battle we fight, Jesus has already won the victory for us. Amen. The secret, the big question, the problem that we run into is how do we apprehend the victory? How do we lay hold of the victory? How do we see the victory in our life? We have to know that the battle that we fight is not in the natural. The battle that we fight is in the spiritual. Every battle you fight, I don't care if you're actually fighting with a sword or a whatever, there's still a spiritual battle that takes place. During World War II, intercessor Reese Howells had a group of prayer warriors that prayed with him every single day, every single night. They prayed around the clock and Reese Howells was known to say to his intercessors, you are more responsible for the victory on the battlefield today than the soldiers that fight in the battle. This is the reality of the spiritual realm in which we live. Prayer does violence in the heavens. Prayer does violence in the heavens. You want to win the battle? How do we apprehend the victory? We apprehend the victory by faith. We lay hold of it by faith. We lay hold of it by faith. How do we see the kingdom come? By faith. How do we increase faith? Where does faith come from? Faith comes from God. Charles Price says, it says, um, have faith in God. Charles Price said that it should actually say, have the faith of God. Faith is given to us by God. Every man has been given a measure of faith, the Bible tells us. Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Jesus started the faith in you. Jesus will complete the faith in you. Why do you think you can do it on your own? You can't do it on your own. You need to go to him and you get faith from him. You need faith to win the battle. You get your faith from him. Sometimes we just need to go into our word and we need to dig up the promises of God regarding our situation. What's your situation? Are you sick? Listen, there is a whole bunch of scriptures in here on healing. Are you, are you oppressed? There's a whole bunch of scriptures in here on not being oppressed. Are you fearful? There's a whole bunch of scriptures in here on how not to be afraid, how to cast out the spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit. Fear is a spirit. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of love and of power and a sound mind. If you're fearful, you need to cast that spirit out. What are you fighting for? Sometimes we just need to dig deep. We need to 
How do we win? We go to Jesus and he gives us the victory. How do we go to Jesus? He's right here. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God. The Word became flesh. Jesus became flesh. And so how do we find him today? We find him in his Word. What's your battle? Go find a scripture that deals with what you're battling. Love and a peace and a sound mind. How many of us are struggling in our mind? Whatever it might be. Sound mind. You need the peace of God. It's right here. This is how we fight our battles. Darkness, guys, listen to this. Darkness trembles at the name of Jesus. Think about that for a minute. You're walking out of a restaurant and some event happens and you start shaking with fear. Darkness trembles at the name of Jesus. It just trembles. It just starts to shake because it knows it's going to lose. They know the end of the story. They know what's written. They know that Jesus wins. <laughs> Have you come? The, the, the <laughs> Jesus is casting out. Jesus is going through and he's healing people, casting out demons. And the demons turn and say to Jesus, Have you come to torment us before the time? They know how it ends. They know that there is an appointed time. Darkness trembles at the name of Jesus. Come on. All right. I'll preach if you guys keep looking at me. <laughs> We're moving along through our hot sauce series. Hot sauce. You need some hot sauce, guys. We need it spicy. It's going to get real spicy. Today we're going to talk about being bold and spicy. Have you ever had those chips when you have them? Not only is it spicy, but they're like, bam, there's like, that's bold. That's some, that's some full flavor chip, like, Bold. It's bold and spicy. Whew, that's got some kick to it. But man, that's, that's good. You know, I'm not a big hot guy. I don't like hot, hot food. My tolerance level is like Tostitos medium salsa. <laughs> I'm a wimp. I'm a wimp. I, I w if it comes to hot food, listen, as long as there's flavor there, okay, we'll go. But if it's just hot for the sake of being hot, I'm out. I don't want that. I want the bold flavor. I want some flavor behind the kick of the heat. I don't want to just have my mouth burn for no reason. Amen? How many are into pain? No. I don't want my mouth to burn for no reason. I want some bold flavor here. Bold flavor along with that heat. Come on. All right. Today we're talking about bold and spicy. We're going to get bold and spicy. All right. You know, why do we name this this? You know, here's, here's one thing that I pray to God. I pray to God that when you're out in a restaurant and you see a bottle of hot sauce on the table, you're like, Holy Spirit, it's about time that we get bold and spicy. Holy Spirit, it's about time that we get some Holy Ghost up in this place. Holy, Holy Spirit, fill me right now for whatever it is you got going on because you got something going on because you always got something going on. And I just want to be part of it. Next time you see that hot sauce bottle sitting at the table in the restaurant where you're at, it's time. It's time. Just sign up and say, God, right here, let's go. All right. We've been moving through the book of Acts. This is fascinating. This is just great. We're just going through the book of Acts, and God just keeps pointing one thing after another, one thing after another. And so we're just going to keep going today. 
We read this scripture last week. Holy Spirit comes. Everybody thinks they're drunk. Peter stands up and he says, wait, with great boldness, with great authority, he speaks to them and he says, Peter standing up with the 11 raised his voice and he said to them, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let it be known to you today and heed my words. Pay attention to what I'm saying. Yo, listen up. Right, today he'd, be, he'd jump up, he'd be like, yo, listen up. Hey, I got something I need to tell you. You need to hear this. He goes through, he tells them all about, right, we read this last week. Joel 2, this is Joel 2, what you're seeing here. Then Peter said to them, repent, every one of you, and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and to your children and to us and to all who are afar off, as many as God will come, will call. And so here's Peter. These people, day of Pentecost, Holy Spirit poured out, baptism in the Holy Spirit for the first time, strange signs and wonders. These are not ordinary tongues of fire, guys. Tongues of fire. Everybody is drawn to what's going on because there's such a commotion. There's some kind of a commotion. Everybody's like, what's going on over here? They come running together. Peter, Peter preaches this message, and then he says, repent. You need to turn from your wicked ways. You need to rethink your life. The word repent literally means rethink. The next time you're out in a crowd, stand up on a chair and be like, hey, you all need to rethink your life. Guys, we need to rethink our life. We need to repent. It's awesome. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remissions. For the, and, re, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For it's for you, and it's for your children, and it's for your children's children, and it's for as many as God will call. It's for everyone. This is the Holy Spirit. It's for everyone. Praise God. And with many other words, he testified and exhorted them, saying, be saved from this perverse generation. Some pretty strong words. It's a pretty perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. It's awesome. It's awesome. This is what happens when the Holy Spirit comes. Acts 3. So I told you you should bring your Bible. Today I'm going to read from Acts chapter 3. I'm going to read probably the whole thing. And then I got a little bit I want to share out of Acts 4. But this is great. And what I want to pay attention to today is I want to pay attention to the boldness of Peter. See, Peter was always this character that had this tendency to step out, maybe even when he shouldn't have. All throughout the Gospels we read about it. Right? They're sitting in the boat in the middle of the storm in the middle of the night, and Jesus comes to them walking on the water. And they all thought that they saw a ghost. They all thought that they were going to die. And Peter says, Lord, if that's you, bid me to come. He's got this audacity. He's like, Jesus, if that's you, you call me out on the water with you. Jesus says, come. He gets halfway there. He starts to sink. Jesus comes and grabs him and saves him and says, why did you doubt? Why did you, why did you, lack, why did you let your faith waver? They're sitting around. 
And Jesus says to the disciples, I'm just painting you a story here of who Peter is. They're sitting around, and Jesus said to his disciples, who do men say that I am? Some say this, some say that, some say this. And then Jesus says to his disciples, and who do you say that I am? And Peter's, Peter's like, yo, I got this. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. And Jesus is like, good job. You got it. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father in heaven has shown you this. So then in the very next breath, Jesus says, I'm going to go die on a cross, and they're going to bury my body in the ground for three days. And Peter, Peter's like, listen, I got this right before. I'm going again. Jesus, that's not going to happen. And what does Jesus say to Peter? Get behind me, Satan. I haven't said that to any of my disciples yet. I haven't had to. <laughs> I've come close a few times. No, I'm kidding. Get behind me, Satan. So Peter has this boldness, right? They're hanging out. Jesus dies. He's buried in the ground. And then he rises from the dead. And they're waiting around to see him. And Peter's like, enough, enough with this. I'm going fishing. I'm going to go do something. I'm not going to, let's just go. I don't know what else to do. Let's just go fish. So there's this boldness. He's just, like, he's just not going to sit still. Here it is. Now the day of Pentecost has come. Now he's got the power of the Holy Spirit. He's got the guidance of the Holy Spirit. He's got the leading of the Holy Spirit. And uh, turn that on with his audacity, and it comes out with great boldness. It comes out with great boldness. Now watch. We're going to read through Acts chapter 3, and then we're going to look at some scriptures through Acts chapter 4, and just watch Peter throughout this story. Watch how he behaves. It says, uh, Acts chapter 3, even verse 1, it says, Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. That'd be 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate beautiful, at, at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful to ask alms of those who entered the temple. So this guy was lame, couldn't walk, had no strength in his legs from the day that he was born. And they laid him at the gate called Beautiful. This is the southern gate. And so if you know anything about Jerusalem, Jerusalem sits on a mountainside, okay? And then at the very top of the old city of Jerusalem is the Temple Mount, Right? I'm going to turn around this way. The old city of Jerusalem is right here. It's on a hillside. And up at the top is the Temple Mountain. This is where they built the temple. And there's stairs going up to the gate. The gate on this south side is the gate called Beautiful. There were three gates on this gate that allowed you into the Temple Mount. And there are stairs going up the Temple Mount to get to the gate called Beautiful. And those are the stairs of ascent. And they would read the Psalms of Ascent as they walked up the stairs of ascent as they went up to the gate called Beautiful to enter into the temple. So if you see my Facebook uh, profile picture, it's a picture of me standing on that staircase in Jerusalem reading this, the Psalms of Ascent as I'm going up to the gate called Beautiful. Right now, that gate is completely walled off. It's completely bricked off, and you cannot enter through it. But on the, on the column alongside, in Hebrew, is etched into the stone about miracles that happened in this place 
by the gate called beautiful. Hallelujah. They're etched into this stone in Hebrew on these columns. Fantastic. All right, let's keep going. There was nothing about Peter there. I just want to share that. It's awesome stuff. He was daily carried to the gate called the gate of the temple, which is called beautiful, to ask alms of those who enter. Who seeing Peter and John, here we go, about to enter the temple, asked for alms. And fixing his eyes on him with John, Peter said, Look at us. So the man gave Peter and John his attention, expecting to receive something. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, and he lifted him up, and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. So he, leaping up, stood and walked and entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. And all of the people saw him walking and praising God. Then they knew that it was he who sat begging alms at the gate beautiful of the temple, and they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Peter's bold. Peter says, listen, look at me. I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I'm going to give it to you. What did he have? He had some hot sauce. I don't have, I don't have silver and gold, but I got some hot sauce. Put your hand out. Put that in your mouth. That'll be fun. He had the Holy Spirit. What was he able to give them? He was able to give them the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he had it. What do you have? What do we have? I don't have anything. What do I have? I have a cell phone. What do you have? You can't give what you don't have. You can't give what you don't have. We have to. Here's next week's little, you know. We have to be filled all the time. Talk about being filled next week. We have to be filled, continually filled, always filled. How was he able to give it out? Because he was full of it. Sometimes you're just full of it. Now, as the lame man who was healed held on to Peter and John and all ran together to them in the porch, which is called Solomon's, great amazement. So when Peter saw it, he responded to the people. Here we go again. He saw this once on the day of Pentecost. Here it is. It's a couple days later. Something happens. Holy Spirit breaks out. Someone gets healed. There's all this commotion. They're like, look, at that's the, that's the crippled guy. He's been laying there for 40 years. The Bible tells us later that he was an elder man. I think it says 40 years. I could be wrong. Over 40 years, right? Anyways, they're like, this is amazing. So here they come. Everybody's gathering together again. Peter's like, this is what happened yesterday. Watch. When Peter saw it, he responded to the people, men of Israel, why do you marvel at this? Or why do you look so intently at us as though by our own power, our, our own godliness, we made this man walk? I, I, it's not about me. I didn't do it. I don't have the power in me. It's not because I'm holy. It's not because of any power that I have in my body. 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now he's talking their language because he's speaking to Jewish people. And the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is their God. And so the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he did this. Glorified his servant Jesus, whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate. So now he's actually bringing some accusation. Fantastic. Whom you delivered up and denied in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go, but you denied the Holy One and the just and asked for a murderer to be granted to you, and you killed and killed the Prince of Life, whom God raised from the dead, of which we are witnesses. And his name, come on, the name of Jesus, his name, the name of victory, the name that causes darkness to tremble, his name, through faith in his name, has made this man strong. It's Jesus who made this man strong, whom you, now, whom you see and know. Yes, the faith comes, the faith which comes through him has given him this perfect soundness in the presence of you all. It's about faith. It's about faith, the faith that comes through Jesus. Sometimes you got, sometimes, all right, sometimes, when we're a new Christian, when we're a young Christian, we can receive faith just by coming to church. You can come to church and I've cooked up a meal, I've cooked up a sermon, I've cooked up something, and I'm just going to speak some words and you're going to get faith just by the words that I say. As we grow and we mature in the Lord, I can't cook for you anymore. The same way that as my kids grow up, they need to learn to cook for themselves. As we grow up in Christ, we all need to learn to cook for ourselves. And so what are you battling? What are you struggling with? What, are you, what, are you, what battle are you fighting? Start to cook a meal. Start to just look for some ingredients. Sometimes you just got to know the Scriptures. Sometimes you just got to speak the Scriptures. It looks dark, but God, your word says. It doesn't look like we're winning, but God, your word says. It doesn't look like what I thought it would look like, but God, your word says. And so what is, what is God speaking to you about your situation? It's in the word. We can all mine it out, and we should. Faith comes through him, comes through Jesus, and has given this man the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. Yet now, brethren, I know that you did it in ignorance, as did your rulers, but those things which God foretold by the mouth of his prophets that the Christ would suffer, he has thus fulfilled. Repent. Come on, rethink your life. Repent, therefore, and be converted, that your sins may be blotted out, so that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord, and he may send Jesus Christ who was preached before you, whom heaven must receive until the time of the restoration of all things, which God has spoken by the mouth of his holy prophets since the beginning of the world. For Moses truly said to the fathers, the Lord your God will raise up for you a prophet like me from your brethren. Him you shall hear in all things, whatever he says to you, and it shall be that every soul who will not hear the prophet shall be utterly destroyed from among the people. Yes, and all the prophets from Samuel, those who follow as many have spoken, have foretold these days. You are the sons of the prophet and of the covenant. 
which God made with our fathers, saying to Abraham, in your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. To you first, God, having raised up his servant Jesus, sent him to bless you in turning away every one of you from your iniquities. Now, as they spoke to the people, the priests, the captain of the guard, and the Sadducees came upon them, being greatly disturbed that they taught the people and preached in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them, and they put them in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. However, many of those who had heard the word believed, and the number of men came to be about 5,000. So Peter preaches this word with great boldness, and 2,000 more people are added to the church. Well, the number of men was added to the church was 2,000. So we got 5,000 men and their wives and children. The church is growing at exponential rates. Who's going to take care of all these people? Good God Almighty. And it came to pass on the next day that the rulers, the elders, and the scribes, as well as Annas, the high priest, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, and as many as were the family of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem, and they said to them in the midst of they asked, by what power or by what name have you done this? So Peter preaches this message with great boldness. The Pharisees and the, the rulers of the temple, they're mad. They're, they're envious. They're, they're worried that they're going to lose their power. They're worried that they're going to lose their place. They're worried they're being avaricious. They're, they're really worried about losing the place of prominence that they have. This isn't about helping the people. This isn't about deciding whether or not Jesus is actually the Messiah. This is actually about, I don't want to lose my power. The Bible tells us in the Gospels, it says that the, the high priest and the Pharisees turned Jesus over because of envy, because he was winning the crowd over. They were going to lose their authority. And so they questioned him, and Peter responds, here we go. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you and all of the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This stone, which was rejected by you builders, has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under the heavens given by which a man must be saved. <laughs> Peter filled with the Holy Spirit, preaches the gospel to these guys with great boldness. He calls them out. He says, listen, Jesus of Nazareth did this. You crucified him. You killed him. And it's he who, he, it's he who healed him. And there's no other name under the heavens by which a man can be saved and go to heaven except the name of Jesus. He just gets real with them. I mean, you can't preach a gospel in fewer sentences than Peter just did. Here it is. He lays it out straight. He's, he's nailing it. How is he able to do this? By the Holy Spirit. Why? Because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. When we preach the gospel, 
we want to be careful not to offend people. The Bible says that offenses are sure to come. Listen, I want you guys to share. To, my main point here today is, guys, we need to start being bold about sharing the gospel. We need boldness to share the gospel. This week, I will share the gospel with boldness. That might be your box to check off this week. This week, I will share the gospel with boldness. Peter is sharing the gospel with great boldness. We want to be careful. Watch, guys. We want to be careful not to offend as we preach the gospel because the Bible says, Jesus said, offenses are sure to come, but woe to him who brings an offense. So I don't ever want to offend anybody because I don't want to bring a woe upon myself. A woe is not a small thing. It's a big thing. He said, woe to you, Christ, and woe to you, Bethsaida, for it would be more tolerable for Sodom and Gomorrah than it will be in, in your day. And so this is a big deal. And so I don't ever want to bring a word of an offense. But if I share the gospel and someone's offended because I shared the gospel, then that offense is actually on Jesus. It's not on me. I'm doing what Jesus told me to do, and I'm preaching the message that he told me to preach. And so if someone's offended because I say Jesus is the only way to get to heaven, I don't even have to worry about that offense being towards me because it's not. It's his, it's his message. I love it. But I don't want to... I don't want to offend in the way I bring the message. So if you're going to speak with boldness the way Peter did here, you better be sure that you're being guided and led by the Holy Spirit. You better be sure that you're speaking the words of the Holy Spirit. Watchman Nee in his book, Spiritual Man, said Christians should never speak unless they're prompted by the Holy Spirit. That would eliminate 98% of conversation for most of us. <laughs> Maybe we, the, the name of the book is the Spiritual Man by Watchman Nee. Maybe we need to read it. Maybe we need to be guided by the Holy Spirit just a little bit more in what we say. Yeah. All right. There's no other name under the heavens by which a man can be saved. Peter is very, very bold. Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter, here we go. This is the very next verse. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, and they perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men. They marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Oh, I see what's going on. Oh, I see. I see. I know who you are. You've been with Jesus. You're one of those Christians. uneducated and untrained men. You've never been through seminary training. You haven't been trained by the Pharisees. Who, who did you study under? Oh, I see. You've been with Jesus. You're different. You're different. Listen, I don't want to be a Christian. I am a Christian. I don't want to be a Christian. I want people to know that I've been with Jesus. Have you been with Jesus this week? You can be a Christian all you want. You can sit in a church all you want. You can have 37 Bibles, countless notebooks, all the DVDs, all the T-shirts. Sing the right songs, say the right things. But if you haven't been with Jesus, if you haven't been in his presence, there's no other way, guys.
there's, there's a, um, we need to be people. We need to be a people that are willing to speak with great boldness. We need to be able to speak the truth in love. We need to not be silenced. Watch, pay attention. We need to not be silenced. Political correctness doesn't seek to establish a truth. Political correctness only seeks to silence the truth. We live in a day and an age where the truth is there are people that are looking to silence the truth. There are people who are looking to eliminate the truth. They don't want truth. Why do we have uh, political correctness? Why do we have the woke movement? Why do we have gender fluid? Because they're looking to remove the truth. You have the truth. We have the truth. And so we can never be silent. We can never be silent. The day in which we live is a day that calls for great boldness that can only come through the Holy Spirit. Are you filled with the Holy Spirit? There is a movement that seeks to remove the truth. And we who know the truth can never stop speaking the truth because silence only ever helps the oppressor, never the oppressed. When we that know the truth remain silent, we help those who oppress others. I don't want to be political at all. I could care less if anybody here knows my, 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 my political stance because I don't want you to think that I'm here about an ideology. I'm not. I'm not here about any idea. The left, the right, they're both right and they're both wrong in many ways. Is there maybe one that's a little bit more one way than the other? I don't even want to go down that path. I don't care whether or not you know where I stand ideologically. I want you to know where I stand theologically. Jesus is the king. And he's coming back for a kingdom that he started 2,000 years ago and is here to this day and we can walk in it and we can speak the truth of it right now and we should and we should never be silenced. We should never be silent. Watch. All right, I need to read out. It's, it's in here. So they call them together, and they tell them, listen, we don't want you talking anymore about the, in this name of Jesus. We don't want you talking anymore about anymore in this name of Jesus. You stop, you stop preaching this name. And Peter and John respond. This is in chapter 4, verse 18, verse 19. Whether it is the right in the sight of God to listen to you more than it is to listen to God, you judge. For we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. So when they had further threatened them, they let them go, finding no other way of punishing them because of the people, since they all glorified God for what had been done. For the man was over 40 years old on whom this miracle of healing had been performed. Whether it is right in the eyes of God for us to obey you 
rather than to obey God, you judge. As for us, we cannot help but continue to speak in the name of Jesus. I'm not going to speak about this, and I'm not going to speak about that, but I'm going to speak about Jesus, and I'm going to speak about the truth that comes through his kingdom. There are truths found in the word that we need to continually bring before the people, continue to preach to the people. We need to pray and be filled with the Holy Spirit that we might have great boldness, that we might have great boldness. So they let them go. And then uh, we're going to read in a minute, you know, they have this little prayer meeting, but then they arrest them again, and then they beat them. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I, I want to share this point. They beat them this time, and then they let them go, and it says that they went out rejoicing because they were considered worthy to suffer for the gospel. Are we ready to rejoice in the fact that we have been chosen to suffer for the gospel? Are we at that point where we're ready to suffer for the gospel and our response would be rejoicing? Ah, glory to God. All right. We need to be a people who are, who are ready to boldly declare the truth, who are ready to boldly declare the truth of the gospel, to boldly declare that Jesus is life, to boldly declare that Jesus in Jesus alone is eternal life. Listen, the only way to get to heaven, it's only going to be done through Jesus. We need to be bold and we need to say it. Boldly declare that in Jesus is everything that we could ever need and want. We run around in this thing called life and we chase after things that we think will make us happy when it's Jesus alone. It's only Jesus that satisfies. Verse uh, Acts 4, 29 through 30. Now look, now Lord, look on their threats. Lord, look upon the threats that they've threatened us with. This is before they got beaten. And grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak the word of God. Sometimes we need to pray and ask God, say, God, give me great boldness to speak your word. By stretching out your hand to heal and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Sometimes we need to get together and we need to pray and say, God, grant us great boldness. God, give me great boldness to speak the truth of the love of God even when everyone's telling me not to do it. And when they had prayed, the place where they were assembled together was shaken. Here we go again. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. And they spoke the word of God with boldness. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sometimes we need to be bold in our witness. Sometimes we need to be bold and we just need to do it. You know, the problem... The pro All right. Mark says... <laughs> Glory to God. Jesus in the gospel of Mark says, go into all of the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So let me ask you a question. Are you in the world? Wait, are you in the world? You're in the world? Okay. Do you see a creature? A creature. You, a creature is any living thing. Do you see a creature? You guys are in the world and you see a creature. Okay, preach the gospel. You're in the world, you see a creature, preach the gospel. 
This is what Jesus told us to do. Too often, too often we wait for special revelation, go to the street called straight and look for a man named Saul who's staying at Simon the Tanner's house. No! Yes, it can happen that way, but no! He already told us what to do. He already told us. Go into the world. So whenever you find yourself in the world, has anybody left the world recently? No? Okay. Just checking. I mean, I know that we've had a few space missions recently. <laughs> You're in the world. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really making this super simple for a reason, guys. The next time you see a creature, what qualifies it being a creature? The fact that it's breathing. They don't even have to be awake. Doesn't say, it doesn't say, watch, it doesn't say creatures that are awake. It doesn't say creatures that walk on two legs when you go home and see your dog. <laughs> it's good practice. You're in the world, you see a creature, you preach the gospel. You're in the world, you see a creature, you preach the gospel. You're in the world, you see a creature, you preach the gospel. You know, I, I think about, I pray, I, I meditate on the word all the time. And so I put this scripture in here and I started to meditate on it. The, the one from Mark, not the one that we're up, up on the board. And I'm like, God, why did you call it every creature? All right, and so I asked this because I'm like, it, it can be confusing, right? Go home and preach to my dog. And then I got to thinking about it, right? How many of us have met a human that we would kind of be like, what kind of a creature was that? <laughs> We've met these people. <laughs> I don't even have to describe them to you. I can tell by the look on your face, you know exactly who I'm talking about. Yes, preach the gospel to them too. They need the gospel most of all, and those are the first ones you can preach the gospel to. That's why. Because sometimes we wouldn't call them human. We'd be like, man, there's a creature over there in that corner. Terrifying. Oh, he's a, I, I got to preach the gospel. I got to tell him about Jesus. Yeah. I got to tell him about Jesus. Too often we wait for God to tell us to do. God, tell me what to do. God, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. I've already told you what to do. He's already showed us what to do. Now it's just the discipline of us doing it. Well, I don't like doing that. I don't like taking out the trash. But it has to happen. I get tired of cooking for people. I don't cook all, my wife cooks mostly. I'm using that as an example, one that I don't necessarily do. It's not that hard. Sharing Jesus isn't that hard. I'll challenge you right now. Today when you go out of here, I don't know, some of us, you know, one of the great things about COVID happening is that we stopped having coffee. And you guys got together and you're like, hey, listen, let's go out here. Let's go out there. Let's go out here. And you did. And that's great. Now you're out in the world. Now you're out in the world and you're seeing creatures. <laughs> a creature is going to bring you coffee when you sit down at the table in the diner. It's probably going to be a human creature, not the other kind. And so you can tell them that Jesus loves them. This is the simplest way to begin to share the gospel. It doesn't have to be eloquent. You don't have to know Romans' road to salvation. You don't got to know. All you need to know is one thing. Jesus loves you, and it's true for everybody. If there's a human being on the planet that's breathing, Jesus loves them. Yeah. 
doesn't matter how much they've done wrong, Jesus loves them. It doesn't matter how much they think they've done right, Jesus still loves them. <clears throat> Jesus loves you. This works. You can't imagine how well this works. It's just a simple... We were, we were in... I was in um, Virginia Beach last year. I think I've told you this story. I'll tell you it again. I've heard Pastor Tom's stories more times than I could, I could count, so I could tell a story over. We were, I was in Virginia Beach for a um, Todd White conference, and they sent us out, and they said, go out and just tell people that Jesus loves them. Let that be the starting point. And so I went out with my friend who had invited me, went out with another couple. So there's four of us sitting at the table. Waitress came over to take our order. And so we, you know, blah, 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 blah. And then it was, she hadn't left the table. She'd just come to, to take our order, hadn't taken any order yet. And we said, you know, can we just tell you that Jesus loves you? And she broke down and started crying right there at the table. She said to, she said to us, you have no idea how much I needed to hear that today. My mom just kicked me out, and my boyfriend just broke up with me. And so the woman that was with us got up and went with the waitress, and they had a moment, and they talked a little bit, and she, shared, she got to share the gospel with, them, with her. It's just that simple. Jesus loves you, and where does it go from there? I shared, the, I shared that with somebody one time. Jesus loves you. Oh, he couldn't love somebody like me. Yes, he does. You begin to break down walls. It, maybe you won't see anybody come to Christ right there on the spot, but at least you're sowing seed. I was in the parking lot of Home Depot one time, and I was walking. I, was, I had gone through the store, and I was walking back out to my car, and somebody came in, and he was kind of complaining out loud, not to me, but he was complaining out loud. And I said, hey, what's going on? I saw him. He, he, he was just looking for somebody to complain to. I said, hey, what, he said, hey, what, he's complaining out loud. I said, hey, what's going on? He's like, ah, things just keep breaking. And so I said, it'll be glorious when we get to heaven because nothing will ever break. Nothing will ever need fixing. Heaven's going to be perfect. And so then we got into this theological discussion. Turns out that he's a, um, I forget what he, I forget what it was, but it doesn't matter. Don't ever argue about theology. Don't ever, don't ever go down that road because it's just a trap. It's a trap of the enemy, actually, if you can imagine it. Different theologies, and you're going to argue about it. No, just share the fact that Jesus loves them. Just tell them that Jesus loves them. Tell them that I love them. Go into all of the world and preach the gospel. Go tell somebody that Jesus loves them, that Jesus loves you today. You can't believe how well this works. Filled with the Holy Spirit, go tell people that Jesus loves them. And then wherever it goes from there. Somebody was telling me that they went to the grocery market and the person ringing them out had fancy nails. And they simply said, hey, I like your nails. It's an open door of opportunity. Thanks, I did them myself. Wow, you're really creative. God's given you a gift. You don't have to be... They open the door for this stuff, guys. All you got to do is open your mouth. Sometimes we're waiting for special revelation. Go to the street called Straighten. There's a man named Saul living at Simon the Tanner's house. This is what we're waiting for. When in reality, when we're out there and we open our mouths and we say, Jesus loves you, where do we go from here? Holy Spirit's going to meet you there. Sometimes it takes that step of faith. Sometimes we need to get out on the water 
before we get supported, and then we can take our second step. You can't take a second step until you take a first step. Take your first step. Jesus loves you. Look at those nails. They're creative. God gave you that. Where does it go from here? I have no idea. If the Holy Spirit stops showing up in the moment, we're going to lose the whole ship. But it would be a glorious crash. (laughs) What do we have to lose? Guys, if you've never preached the gospel, you don't know the fun you're missing. The fun you're missing. It's not about, no, don't. We got to get over this idea that it's anxious or that there's stress involved. There's no stress. What happens is when you open your mouth, the Holy Spirit comes and it doesn't get any better than that. Glory to God. This week, I will share the gospel with boldness. And point number two, this week, I will stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. We need to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, I don't care if you always stay filled with the Holy Spirit. You need to check that box that this week you're going to stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Share the gospel with great boldness. When you go to the restaurant this afternoon or today or whenever it is the next time you find yourself there, when you're in the grocery market and you walk down the aisle with a hot sauce and you see it, be like, God, give me the Holy Spirit. And then when you get to the end of the aisle, look for somebody to pour it out on. Glory to God. Glory to God. Share the gospel with great boldness. Share the gospel with great boldness. With love, but with great boldness. Don't ever be afraid to share the love of God because we live in a world that is hurting and looking for the love of God and they don't know where to find it. You have the cure for the disease that they have. You have it. Don't keep it to yourself. You have the cure. Don't keep it to yourself. When you give out the cure, you don't lose it. You actually get more of it. Glory to God. Takes better effect. Wow. Wow. Stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, if you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, I want to invite you to do that today, whether you're here with us or whether you're watching online. Uh, Jesus came. He died on a cross for your sins and for mine. He made a way for us to have fellowship with God that we might receive the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit could come into us and we could live a life full of the way God intended. This is what salvation is about. It's about living the life that God has called us to live. If you want to live that life today, if you've never made a decision to follow Jesus, I'm just going to pray a prayer. I'm going to invite you to pray it with me. Pray and ask Jesus, Jesus, I ask you to come and live inside my heart. I ask you to come and forgive me of my sins. Come and live inside my heart. Help me to live for you. Give me grace to live for you all of the days of my life in Jesus' name. If you're here today and you made that prayer and you made that decision today, I'm going to ask you to check this box. Today I choose to follow Jesus as my Lord and Savior for the first time. If you're watching online, please um, check the Engage card online. Check the box there or send me an email at info at redeeminglovechurch.org. I would like to send you some information that explains the decisions that you made and what your next steps are. If you're here today and you made that decision, come up and see me. I would love to celebrate with you. Before we go, I just want to pray. I don't want to end any one of these services without praying for the Holy Spirit. So if you want the Holy Spirit, if you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, just stand to your feet for a moment. Come on, let's just stand to our feet for a moment. Let's just lift our hands. Lift your hands to heaven. You make your arms like a cup, and God's going to fill you up. Jesus, come and fill us up in Jesus' name. Jesus, come and fill us by your Holy Spirit.
Jesus, come and fill us with your Holy Spirit right now. Jesus, come and fill us to overflowing with your Holy Spirit right now. Jesus, come and give us everything we need by your Holy Spirit right now. Pour into us, O oh God. Fill us up until we overflow, O oh God. Holy Spirit, come and fill us in a new way. Holy Spirit, come and fill us beyond where we've ever been filled before. Fill us up until we overflow, until rivers of living water flow out of our bellies. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Holy Spirit, come and fill right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come and flow through us right now in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, come in Jesus' name. Fill us to overflowing that rivers of living water would flow out of us, God. That we would be a refreshing stream to water many, God. God, I pray that you would fill us with great boldness, that we would speak your word with great boldness everywhere we go. God, make us like the disciples of old, that we would go and we would speak with boldness in the place that we find ourselves, God. No matter where it is in the world, no matter what creature is in front of us, God, that we would preach your word, that we would preach the gospel, that we would tell people that you love them, that you're in love with them. God, fill us with your Holy Spirit, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. We're going to receive communion together, and then we're going to receive the, the offering. If you have your little cup, you can get that ready. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23. Paul says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. He took bread, and when he had given thanks... He broke it and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And so right now, we're just going to thank the Lord. Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for your perfect life lived. We thank you for your sacrifice on the cross. We thank you that you came, that Jesus, that you stepped out of eternity into our reality and that, God, you did it for us. You did it so that we could see you, that we could be with you. We thank you, Lord. And, Lord, we break this bread, and we take it in remembrance of who you are. In the name of Jesus. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. The blood of Jesus is for the remission of sins. It takes them away. Jesus died on the cross so that your sins and that my sins could be forgiven. Jesus, we thank you for the cross. We thank you for your blood that was poured out. God, we remember you today. We remember your sacrifice. God, we thank you that you have made us right so that we could have fellowship with the Father once again. God, we give you glory and honor and praise, and we take this cup together in Jesus' name. Pastor Tom, come on up and receive the offering.
great word. Amen. Let's thank God.